0: Hey everybody, we at Podgave Rock and Roll Do You want to make it clear that we don't mean any offense by our comments, critiques, or opinions. We're not music critics, just buddies that use talking about
1: music as an excuse to hang out. Also, our language is intended for adult ears. Enjoy!
2: Cause I'm in the shit Wish I played in a rock and roll band Somebody give me a dollar bill So I can pass out on
1: So, I kind of made my girlfriend and her kids watch West Side Story with me on HBO Max last night. Have any of you guys seen that? The new one? Yeah. No. Or the old one. I, it's a shot-by-shot shot remake, supposedly.
3: I, yeah, Certainly I, seen the old one. Yeah, the
0: old one we used to watch a lot as kids. I used to love it. I found it really long and
1: boring. I'm not going to lie. The songs aren't even that good. What? Like
0: when you're a jet, you're a jet all the way from your first cigarette to your last dying day. Are you kidding me? That is that's some good stuff right there, Officer Krupke. Come on, dude. I mean, Krupke was okay.
1: And I guess I'd never seen the old one because I didn't know the guys got get stabbed. uh, Spoiler alert.
0: And (laughs) what? There's a knife fight like. I haven't seen the new one, but you're telling me that there's a possible <laughs> there's a, <laughs> knife fight between. Let's there's a say, choreographed two gangs. knife fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. There's a knife dance.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm sorry. To, I'm sorry to ruin the plot for you, but
3: <laughs> I haven't checked it in, in 35 years. Probably.
1: So you're not you're not up to the West Side Story spiel.
3: No, I can enjoy the Oscars without seeing it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So just on a, on a broader note. Um, Musicals, yes no? Neil?
3: Um, no, I usually fall asleep, honestly.
1: Billy, musicals, yes or no?
3: Yeah,
0: why not? You know, entertaining, get a little bit of dancing in there, you get excited about it. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes musicals are even euphoric, you know, for some people. Yeah. So, it, for some people? I, you've, for heard, some you've heard some things? Yeah. And, it's not like I. <laughs> Have a secret. No, I don't have a secret affinity for him or anything, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm mostly anything.
3: Entertain me. I don't care what it is. I'll make you the interested. judgment, you know, 10 minutes in. I definitely don't like just musical musicals, but stuff like movies that are based on music, like once...
1: You like musicals with nudity in them, sex scenes, basically. <laughs> porn no. Porn musicals you, no. you enjoy...
3: No, like I was saying, that...
1: P- that... pornicals.
3: Like stuff that's like heavily music... Uh, influence but not just not okay. every line of dialogue is dancing around and, I, you
1: know okay captain caveat um <laughs> i'm gonna say no for the most for the majority like like you said neil handful yes most most part no moving on to a different uh set of music news i read or saw that 30 seconds to mars and harry styles announced mus- new music coming out so just continue our recent trend of Of touching on the new music of the day 30 seconds to Mars yes or no Billy
0: uh I'd have to hear a song to remember who that is (laughs) to be honest with
1: you it is kind of an emo rock band fronted by Jared Leto or Jared Leto I I don't
0: oh yeah sure yeah 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 absolutely that's right I forgot that he was uh I always get 30 seconds to Mars and Jared Leto mixed up with Panic at the Disco and Brandon Urey. that's a common mistake I think um Nice, I'm, I'm, I'm common, sweet. I don't know
1: who Brandon Urie is, so uh, that, that was a little sarcasm in there. <laughs> Neil.
3: No, couldn't, couldn't name a song.
1: <laughs> I don't know if I've ever like, heard it on the radio. I've only seen it with like him doing it live, and he's, I can't do emo singers. Jared Leto, a little too like serf- self-serious emo. It's hard to take seriously.
3: Well, it's an awful name. It's a horrible band name. Jared Leto,
1: <laughs> Jared Leto is a bad yeah, Jared.
3: Dude. Jared Leto is fine. Just oh, okay. thirty seconds to Mars. I'm, I'm oh. assuming
1: thirty. I'm assuming thirty seconds to Mars means that's how long it takes. Like in like if you were traveling light speed, it takes thirty seconds to get there. I that's my. Best. I was Maybe. thinking
0: it was one of those pornicles you were talking about earlier, and Mars <laughs> is pretty much. Ejaculation, and that would be uh, Billy's biopic. Thirty seconds, as right. much as you get. I mean, which I think is a pretty long time. I think thirty—you can get a lot done in thirty seconds, and
1: you get a few pumps in there. <laughs> I don't know why, but uh, Harry Styles, yes or no?
0: Hell yes, I will jump in there and defend King Harry. I love Harry Styles. <laughs> I think the dude does his own thing. Like, I love that he dresses up in, like, skirts. And I love when people get mad at what other people wear because it doesn't affect their lives at all. What's he doing? You know, it's like when people get mad at, like, all the NBA players and what they wear to games. It's like, why do you shut up? What do you care? And Harry Styles, I will say, if you guys haven't heard it, he does an incredible cover of Sledgehammer on Stern. Ah,
1: Hmm. That's, he did I mean, it on Howard's cool Stern. Cover. Yeah, yeah, that's a cool cover. So it sounds like Billy's riding that uh, watermelon sugar. Oh uh, yeah, baby, right there. <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> Neil, yes or no on Harry Styles?
3: Yes, I'm in on Harry. I mean, I think the SNL yeah. SNL episode helped. He was great all around as a musician and uh, as uh, as I guessed, it was great.
1: I figured you'd be more of a One D guy, but uh, okay, I can I can I can live with that. You know what? No, no. It's a little too pretty for me. It's a little too pretty. Yeah, a, little, I knew, a little too talented. I
0: knew that was coming from you, Mississippi. I knew you can not. have the whole.
1: You can't have the whole package and me just fall in like, and I'm not riding that, that watermelon sugar. <laughs> um, although I like watermelon. I just don't get high off of it.
0: Somebody gave me, I was, I was walking down on Venice Beach and somebody gave me some little watermelon looking, it was like a gummy bear. I got high off of that thing. I wasn't. I didn't know what was going on, and I just ate that, and I ended up down in Palos Verdes. It was weird.
1: Well, if you're talking about watermelon gummy high, then I think I think we can all yes to that. Have you
3: guys seen the the, the new um, Mike Tyson gummies? They're little pieces of ear. I've seen them <laughs> on
0: Twitter, but I have I have not indulged. Oh my god, you.
3: that's amazing! Talk about outrage.
0: Are they called lobes?
1: Gummy lobes. Earbites. well it is a bittersweet this week because our our guest host uh, mr billy griffin it's his last one billy i know you shared some musical tastes with us uh the a couple of weeks ago but i want to ask you do you play a musical instrument
0: i do i play strictly the acoustic guitar unplugged <laughs> okay and how long have you been playing Um, since freshman year of college, my buddy, uh, Sonny Statmiller had an extra guitar and he was, you know, we were freshmen in college. He's like, Hey, you want to go like smash this on the basketball court back there? And I was like, yes, I do. But there's no like significance. (laughs) Like this isn't like an ex, you know, an ex gave you this guitar and you want to see, he's like, no, I just, I got a new guitar. I was like, do you mind if I just snag it like i'll give you some <laughs> i'll give you some swipes in the cafeteria you know and he he, yeah. he was like yeah man here you go it was a squire the action was so high on the chords or on the uh you were really strings
1: pressing you were, you got you got some calluses so it quickly. was actually
0: it was probably a good one to learn on to be honest with you nice. and yeah i've just always taught myself just uh looking at tabs ultimateguitar.com is the shit
1: whoa 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 whoa, whoa they do not sponsor us don't even uh, oh
3: yeah, E chords <laughs> as well. Um, they um, they sponsor our covers. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah right. that's true. Yeah. They're, a, they're
1: they're a big help to this to this pod. Now, Billy, do you remember the first song that you learned how to play? Like that wasn't like "Mary Had a Little Lamb" or "Twinkle Twinkle Little Star." Like, yeah, no, Rocky
0: I mean, it, as well. well, as you know, like the the, the D version of "Free Fallen is kind of like Ooh. Mary had a little lamb. Yeah. But other other than that the D version. Well, that you just you you bare. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, you know, you just like move like two fingers. But the first 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 one was uh, Howie Day collide. I don't think
1: I know that song. Can you give us a little um a little taste? <laughs> do, do,
0: do, do. Do, 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 do.
3: That's collide, obviously. <laughs> um right. perfectly in key <laughs> uh, was that the D yeah. version? <laughs> <laughs> that was the, the that was the dumb flat. That's me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Billy from way downtown. Uh and, and on that note, uh speaking of the the first songs we learned how to play on the guitar, uh you were listening to Pod Gave Rock and Roll to you, and this week we were talking about the weight. From the band's 1968 album, Music from the Big Pink, written by Robbie Robertson and produced by John Simon, and released on Capitol Records.
0: This is clearly one of the most classic songs ever made how many people have done covers of it it's amazing and it reminds me of uh, i mean the reason i picked it is i love the band and it totally just reminds me of summers at my parents house when i was growing up especially on sundays on sundays You know, when you live in the Midwest and it's nice out, you have to take advantage of those days because uh, you never know. Oh, yeah. It could could snow the next day. So my parents would grill out a lot on Sundays and they'd always have music playing. And I I remember this song amongst like uh, the Wing, Paul McCartney's first Wings album and some Billy Joel (laughs) and Bruce Springsteen and then the band. A lot of CCR as well. My dad, uh, my dad went to Woodstock in 69 so no shit he heard that. Yeah. He still has his ticket stubs. I think it was $6 a day. You know, they performed he heard this there, you know? So he's, he's, I I really like a lot of the stuff that he likes. Uh, A lot of the classic rock, the Americana stuff. I just always love this song. And it's one of those songs that like we were saying, I, you know, Try you try to learn to play on guitar. You listen to it. You're like, oh man, I don't know if I'm be able to do this. And you look it up, and it's like four chords. And you're like, oh man, that's you know, this one's fun to play. Like, it's simple, but it's fun to play. You know, it's pretty straightforward with all the verses, all the characters.
1: It's also good for a sing along. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, Yeah. well, classic
0: sing along. So I grew up with three sisters. And no brothers. So I'm like super like emotional and stuff. (laughs) Ladies. (laughs) Uh,
1: Super in touch with your emotions.
0: And uh, so around the corner were these, uh, this family, the McCurdys, and they had all boys. So I was like real Mm -hmm. good friends with them growing up. And this has become, between this and Bad Bad Leroy Brown uh, by Jim Croce, these two songs are still songs that we Mm. listen to to this day that just, you know, they're like our songs, if you will
1: that's great yeah and so like you mentioned i almost feel like this song created the americana genre like looking back on what that means today Mm -hmm. a little bit Mm -hmm. uh and like you said billy to to write a song that's basically part of the american songbook that's like the pinnacle of music for for a musician to write a song that becomes part of the american songbook it's like all right i'm good but to be written by a canadian
0: ah Come on, man. Well, uh, well. Also, I mean, Robbie. Robbie gets yeah, the writing yeah. credit, but this is one, yeah. that caused some, yes, some issues. Well, yeah, because we,
1: we, we'll get into that in a little bit. Okay. But, but yeah, I mean, the again, kind of like you, Billy. My mom owned uh, music from the Big Pink, and it played a lot. And re-listening to it today, I mean, it's it's got to be one of the best albums of all time. There's really not a bad song on it, other than maybe. Uh, Lonesome Susie there toward the end, not my favorite, but it's it's weird about the song. The music is fairly basic. Like you said, there's only four chords, but the voices are not basic, and, you know, the lyric is not basic, and, uh, you know, it's poetry sung by two, two, two of my favorite singers in, in rock and roll or Americana or country or whatever the fuck you want to call it. And, you know, you put that with the melody and the voices, and you put the load right on Gee, me, baby. And okay. I'll take it all day long.
3: Oh, you got wow. some gold there. <laughs> Good job. And to, to what you were just talking about, much to Robbie's chagrin, when I put this song on, all I thought was leave on, leave on, leave on, man. Right. Because the drums are so heavy, it's just like boom, boom. And then he comes in with that voice, and, uh, it's just so amazing. I think everyone who's ever owned a guitar has at least fiddled around with it. Every yeah. high school band's covered it. Every coffee shop is... It's on. It's either on the open mic stage or on the radio once a night.
2: Oh, and for sure. And yeah,
3: just like you guys are saying, all the crazy characters, just like the relatability of the burden, or whatever it is. Like There's so many things in the song where things aren't working out, but it still sounds like a good time. Or at least just... You you kind of like relate to the guy whatever is going on here. There's not one thing I'd change in the song. I mean it's uh, heavily celebrated, but I think still underrated. Like I, I don't know if you could See, keep enough praise on. Interesting, this. Yeah. yeah. It's funny
1: you say it's all Levon because for me my favorite part, and I've always been drawn to this to, to this part of the song in general. And I don't maybe it's because it's so Levon heavy in the beginning, but the crazy Chester verse. It's yes, my favorite part of this Me song. too. It's Danko, what I always dude. walk away it's with. And, and I think it's just because yeah. his voice is so un- unique. And it reminds me of, for some reason, this is not in a bad way, it reminds me of dr- that Droopy the dog
3: character, you know, that old cartoon <laughs> character. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I said, wait well, a minute, Chester. Dang, yeah, <laughs> right? Danko, it seems like he's kicking dirt when he's singing it. Oh, crazy <laughs> Chester. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, Chester. Crazy Chester followed me and he caught me
2: fall. said I
1: But then and then just the embarrassment of riches this band has in just in the vocal department because then like at the end of the 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 chorus every time you just get Richard Manuel's beautiful voice going. real low in the mix. But it still—it sounds so good. It's just like, ah, we can't—we can't get out of here without him contributing. You know, more than just the harmonies there, uh, in the chorus. You know, just the fact they had so many guys that could sing is.
3: Yeah, I think
1: that it's unfair. The Danko to other bands.
3: It's such a long song. The Danko verse is definitely important, but I wouldn't want him singing the whole song. It's like a good—it's right. a good oil to the water of Levon.
1: And it's so rare that like your two lead singers on this song are the rhythm section. It's the bass player mm-hmm. and the drummer.
3: Yeah, you and know? just what he did, what he t- he took Robbie's words and really made it shine.
1: Yeah. Well, we can move we can move to the lyric now because I mean it, it, that's probably the most discussed and like you mentioned, Billy like debated point of this. It, it, if you want to expand on that now,
0: yeah. I mean, if you haven't seen it, once we're brothers, Robbie Robertson and the band, ah. you have to watch that documentary. Whether you know anything. Uh, About the band or not You need to watch that documentary It is amazing Um, It is a little one-sided on Robbie's take on everything (laughs) Just a little bit It's really awesome And you know when when I was reading up on the song And you realize that These really were based on Characters in their lives But the way that Robbie wrote it uh, Mm -hmm. Whether this was on purpose or not You know there's biblical Takeaways from this If you want it Mm -hmm. to be You know, and that's kind of what religious people do. They find a way, you know. But you don't even need to find a way in this song because they really are just right there. And, I mean, obviously, in the documentary, he talks about, you know, I actually didn't even know what town I wanted to pull in, and I looked inside my Martin guitar, and, you know, Martins are made in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. So (laughs) Uh, I said Nazareth. uh, That's what he says. That's what he says. Yeah, that's Robbie
1: making up some legend there. But it's good because you...
0: It's one of those songs where, you know, like we talked about Back to Black last week, and it's, you know, pretty clear what she's talking about. But this is one of those songs yeah. where it can be interpreted so many different ways.
3: Yeah, it's very abstract. Like, even though I don't know a Crazy Chester, I I know probably five Crazy yeah. Chesters. You know, like every every single character you can relate to and just doing favors for people and you the, know the reason like... it's
1: such good storytelling is he's basically telling an allegory which is a very old traditional way of telling a story and he's doing it like like you mentioned in you know where he says oh you know and the other members of the band like these are about people that we know and that could be but to frame it in to take basically the most popular story in america that that of jesus christ and i didn't basically know
0: jesus was american ma- <laughs> uh, it depends
1: it depends on where you live in America. Um <laughs> but to take the most like kind of well-known story that like pretty much any American kid would know at at this time especially and making Jesus just like this unknown narrator that can't find a bed and throwing him in a small town in America and then making God this old Southern woman, basically, and then having him interact with all these almost like, you know, kind of like a mill a uh, Canterbury's Tale kind of thing as well. Like he's just he's on this journey. Yep. In and it's very specific to America, I think.
3: Yeah. And Robbie is such a wordsmith. He He summed it up best with his quote that it's about the impossibility of sainthood. Which is yeah. an amazing
1: quote. Yeah. You know, that's that's Robbie. Although we should say that Levon said, you know, Robbie probably did 60% of the vocal. Danko and Manuel probably did another, you know, 20 to 30, and then he probably did a smaller portion of that. And um, the Garth lyrics, he plays piano. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Garth Hudson, who did piano, did a lot of the music. So, uh, because melodically, it's a pretty common melody. Right. I mean, it, it's, it, I can't think, the, the, the structure is basically the one, three, five. So, yeah, total. Um, tol-
0: I was thinking the exact same thing, one, three, five. <laughs> and let, yeah. What does well, that it, mean? Explain well, it to me and the listeners okay. who don't. Are, you're just talking about chords, correct?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so well, th- have you played the song? Yeah, of course. Do you know how to play it on the guitar? Okay. So, what key do you play it in? G. Okay. The song itself is in A. So, Neil, you want to.
3: Well, I was just going to, in Billy's terms, earlier you were talking about the D version of a song. One, three, five takes that out of it. That means no matter what key you're in, you go up the, to the third step of a major scale and then to the fifth step of a major scale. You know? Gotcha. So one A, C sharp, D. Mm-hmm. Do, re, me. So, so basically in, in G done.
1: it's 135. In D it's 135. You're, mm-hmm. you're just playing a, a different different key. So it that's fairly simple. Take a load
2: off Fanny. Take a load, Take a load off
0: It's uh take a load. I mean, look, that could have two meanings. Take a load off Fanny. Take sit your ass down. You know? Sit your fanny yeah, that, down. That's a, or or yeah. fanny is someone, you know? I mean, look, guys, you brought me on here for my philosophications. So I'm going to philosophize for you. And that's what you just got.
1: And that's all dependent on the comma placement, which he didn't write down the lyrics. So we don't know.
0: So he's, we like don't Lil, know. he's like Lil Wayne. He doesn't write down his dick. lyrics. He just... <laughs>
3: They're all up here. Well, Open the nog. speaking of the chorus, I think this is in the hall of fame of like bad bar harmonies are like guys sitting around me like took the low took the <laughs> low like no not there he did, wait a second wait a
1: right on right on
3: right on me it's it's the bad singers hall of fame well, and and everyone if you're american when it gets to she's the only one has to do she's the only one <laughs> and then just
1: the timing of the ant
3: and <laughs> No, yeah.
0: no, not yet, not yeah. yet. <laughs> 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 Nobody ever yeah. sings the right part with each other. It's great, <laughs> and it's and when you're doing that, it it always ends up being something funny because you can always make fun of the one person who was off, or or everybody hit it at the same time, and you just get more <laughs> drunk off of that. Absolutely. Like yeah. I'm, I, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I must say,
3: any time I've ever cover, covered that in a band, I get anxiety when we get to that part. I'm like, oh my God, gonna, who's, who's going to fuck this up?
0: Do you not <laughs> cover
3: that in a rehearsal? And that song is more of a uh, spur of the moment. I don't think that that is like number one. Like, yeah, let's true. run over the weight 20 times tonight.
1: Well, yeah, of <laughs> course. Now yeah, you're yeah, just yeah. like we know how to do the 135 yeah does anybody know the walk down okay cool let's do it and then you're just like you get to that and and you're like do we got this and it's like i don't know let's see where where, let's see what happens can
0: i be the non-smart music person (laughs) that's me oh yeah you say the walk down are you talking about the opening riff
3: well, kind of. It's it's the same but the boom boom, boom, boom right
0: that
2: boom boom
1: boom patump, yeah. patump.
3: Yeah, so and yeah, I guess the
1: opening lick is basically the same thing, right?
3: Not really. Around. And you put the, load right
2: put the lord right on
1: Speaking of the music, we should mention that John Simon produced this, which uh, he worked with Joplin and Big Brother and the Holding Company, Blood Sweat and Tears, and Leonard Cohen, as well as the band on this and, and multiple other of their albums. And you know, the band is con- made up of Levon Helm, uh, who's drumming and lead singing, and Rick Danko playing bass, also singing. Richard Manuel Hammond organ and vocals. Garth Hudson on piano and Robbie on the Robbie Robertson on acoustic guitar. The music here is pretty straightforward, but you know, the production is outstanding. I, I would say other than that lick and that walk down and the piano kind of barrage that kind of guides you through the chorus.
3: Yeah. Well, it's all about the drums and piano. Like that's almost all you need for this song. Like you can barely hear the guitar picking around the bass obviously needs to be there, but it's nothing special, but but the, the, the bass itself is buried kind of yeah. with Every, the drums. It's all, like, it's all piano yeah. and drums, and pia- the piano just rumbles along. And then, like you said in the chorus, it does those well, sweet riffs where they're just going crazy in between kind of the, the verses.
1: Yeah. And then, it, yeah, it just basically kind of got – it's almost like you're just kind of walking, like with – because the piano, I think, is doing eighth notes, just don dun 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 dun, dun <laughs> in the in the verses.
3: Something like that. I mean, I just – I mean, it's it's kind of doing – it's it's – Holding a lot of ground because it, it's playing a heavy bass piano yep. and kind of up high. So,
1: absolutely. So what? So basically, it, it to me, it, the music and the production kind of feels like you're walking, and then you kind of stop and take in the view in the chorus. Mm-hmm. And it, it that piano just kind of guides you through, like almost like you're stopping to take in. Like I, I don't know. Whenever I think of this song, I think of like walking around a town and then stopping and like noticing something going on. Almost like you're an observer. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm basically which is what the narrator is and 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 you can stand in for anyone in any small town in america i love it i love it it's so good billy production thoughts
0: i don't know anything about music production get out of here (laughs) jeez. uh yeah i really it's funny it's funny to listen to you guys uh not funny but interesting to listen to you guys talk about music production because i feel like it's as an actor myself, like sometimes I get a little annoyed because I'm uh, kind of nitpicking some things like actors do in shows or movies, rather than just enjoying the movie. Yeah. So I feel like it's that. Mm-hmm. Like it's uh, and not sure if you guys knew, but uh, I played Division two college football. No big deal. <laughs> uh, and but at one point when I was watching football games, shout out ODU. Yeah, shout out ODU shout Panthers. Out ODU. At one point when I was watching football games. I would get annoyed at myself because I would just, I it was like because you were just breaking down film all the time, you would just start mm-hmm. watching only yeah. the defense and you weren't even like really enjoying the game. So I feel like it's similar yeah. to that where you guys, with uh, a musical ear, kind of listen to the production of it as to where like I listen to Back in Black or just this song, and I would you guys are mentioning how great the production is for the weight and to me it's like. Does it need to be that good? You know, like
3: it seems so basic. (laughs) It does. I mean, just, it it sounds that good because of the production. That's why, I mean, there's some good covers, but as far as just playing it like they did, it never sounds that good. I mean, I think it was just their talent too. It's a production.
0: Why is their version so pure and so much better than the people who try to cover them?
3: Because, um... Like I said, with the drums, the drum sound is amazing in this, how it just is pounding throughout. And yeah. a lot of people like focus more on the guitar and less on the piano. What they did here with just drums and piano is pretty unique.
0: Is that all and is that all yes. John Simon or is it a combination of their pure talent of the way <sighs> Le- Levon like hits the drum or the well, way Robbie strums? It, like, it, it, Sorry, it, I'm just I'm interested
1: it's a combination of the fact that this band a is so tight so that stuff was probably even done live mm-hmm. uh, at that house in woodstock mm-hmm. and then just getting the production is more of like getting the sound right so placing the mics and and putting the right effects and and mixing it in the the final mix correctly right. so like like neil said Really, all you're hearing is the drums and the, like the piano, the the bass. You like you can hear the piano when it comes up. The guitar, you can. I mean, you barely hear the bass. Like I said, is buried in. That's all decisions mm-hmm. that the produc- pr- production makes. And and j- even as a musician, when I listen to a song, I I, I don't recognize all that stuff at first. Like I, I'd have to really dive into. I just recognize whether I, whether I like it or not and how it makes me feel, and that's mm-hmm. it.
3: Totally agreed. I don't. I don't ever think about that stuff unless I kind of sit down and kind of pine over. Try it so to while. dissect
0: it. Okay.
3: Because um, because I, I don't. I don't like it letting get it get in the way. Apparently they didn't even like this song that much. They recorded it real quick <laughs> live, and they're like, yeah, it's all right. We'll throw it on and then. And then yeah. here we are. I read that. And
1: yeah. that, and that and now it's like their biggest song that, that they have. Now we can talk about the video a little bit because Billy, you mentioned the, we were brothers once, but you can't watch that before you watch the last waltz. If you haven't oh. seen the last waltz, turn this fucking pot off and go, go stream it somewhere. It's, it's the best musical documentary or concert footage that you, you can watch. It's just full of like the best musicians from the sixties and seventies and they do a version of this with the Staple singer, which they don't do live. They do it in a studio, yep. which I love strictly for Pop Staples take on the, the Luke version.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. He sings it so soft. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah, I mean,
1: it's so delicate. He's just like, and Luke waiting on the judgment yeah. day. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, Pops. And the way Scorsese films that where he's just like he introduces each singer as they begin like a new verse. It's it's fantastic. But just a quick point about the production, Billy, if you listen to that version, the drums don't sound the same. The music doesn't sound the same. And that's because it's a different version of the right. song. It's not produced in, you know, the room they did. And and just the music from The Big Pink. They had a certain sound in that house up there mm-hmm. that that Simon and them were able to kind of wrangle and make just beautiful fucking music with. Kind
0: of like the way like uh, people talk about uh, Muscle Shoals.
3: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yes, exactly.
3: I mean, I watched it today. and My biggest takeaway was Robbie, in the beginning, I think before they even go to the Staple Singers, he's playing this... Gibson double neck Les Paul mandolin which is fucking insane I looked I was like what the fuck is that thing I tried to find it today I was like how much is one of these things Um, I could barely even find one but what do you guys think the price was 20 20 grand there's only one no no there's there's plenty but I don't think I think it was pretty limited I'll go 10 I'm not going much as 20 (laughs) $74,995. $74,995. <laughs>
1: so you didn't order it. I put it on layaway. I
0: should I should
3: sell the one that I
0: have then. Jesus. I've been, I've been like, oh oh, I'm going to figure out how to
1: play this thing at some point. Fuck that. You're like, I don't need just a, a single neck. Yeah, no, man. I'm, I'm going to sell this
0: $74,000 thing and then be able to pay rent for a quarter of the year. It'll be great.
1: <laughs> well, this song uh, we usually mention this number forty-one on uh, Rolling Stones' uh, top five hundred songs of all time. That might be the highest we've done. Neil, do you do you remember?
3: I feel like that's fair. I feel like that's. Oh, Day in the Life was definitely like number three.
1: Oh yeah, Day in the Life was probably. But if you if you want to find out, since we can't remember, there's a whole back catalog for free of Piaget Rock and Roll episodes <laughs> that you can listen to, with plenty of songs on there. Pick and choose the ones you like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And speaking of liking things, let's start vibing, and talk about when exactly you want to hear the song. Billy, it's your song. Why don't you uh, tell us
0: when you want to hear "The Wait by the band? Fire pit, end of the night, sitting around with your friends, just chilling. It doesn't even have to be like it doesn't even have to be like a sing along uh, like night that you're doing. But if this thing comes on and yeah. you're just sitting around drinking with your friends, like, you don't even have to be drinking to sing along to this song. Like, it's that, that, it's amazing. That's true. That's, that's, that's me. Fire pit in the summer. <clears throat> I've got some, I've had about Thirteen Bud Lights throughout the day, watching college football, and then this thing comes on, and, <laughs>
1: and, and then and then you're the one who fucks up the. the, the harmony <laughs> no, never. The I am the the, ti- the timing of the and you just come in. Eh, yeah, no.
0: They Everybody's call like, me oh, no, they yeah, call yeah. me Billy Pooth sometimes. I have perfect pitch like that Charlie Pooth guy. <laughs> Billy Pooth. <laughs> oh God, Neil, when do
1: you want to hear? Uh, the weight.
3: Well, I totally agree with Billy's uh, orange glow from the firelight. That that paints a nice picture. But it's anytime. I mean, really, it's one of those songs that I, I'm never going to turn it off. And I had a hell of a time two days ago at noon, beautiful day, California, just walking my dog, listening to this and different versions. So uh, it was one of those times where you really like enjoy the song for what it is i wasn't like trying to take notes or like think about what i think about it just like being in that world and fucking walking around in the sunshine
1: oh absolutely i for me to to reference a a widespread panic song this is a porch song for me like Mm -hmm. this is sitting on the porch uh looking at the stars looking at sunset (laughs) looking at uh yeah, yeah porch rock this is this is Grade A. I mean, isn't that all Americana music? Yeah. is porch rock basically? But Man, this, they is they the, this is the king porch This is rock. the king of
3: porch rock. This yeah.
1: is the king of. This is what. This is the, the. No, it can't be the king. You'd have to say it's the. Uh, it's the uh, the grandfather of porch rock. It's just sitting in the old <laughs> old happy porch. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
0: Josh is from Mississippi. I don't know if I want your grandfather from Mississippi's opinion on pretty much anything other than ouch, other than moonshine, ouch. maybe.
1: You don't want Big Daddy's opinion on uh, on anything? Tell Come
0: me on. World War II, man. Tell me your, shot in the ass. Your grandfather's. You called him Big Daddy, and he was shot in the ass in World War II. Not Big Daddy.
1: Big Daddy. Because that's how we say it in the South. Daddy? Big Daddy the solid five years he was in my life yes and he had the hardest grip now he's big daddy for sure because he's dead <laughs> he sold jukeboxes and went to vegas a lot
3: wow that sounds like a fun life
1: yeah and i'm uh, maybe a valium addict from the the shrapnel in his ass i don't know sounds but even speaking more fun. of <laughs> speaking of valium why don't we uh <laughs> dip under the why don't we slide under the influence and uh, talk about the influences. This song, influenced By, Influence Moving Forward, et cetera, et cetera. Billy, what you got?
0: Man, I, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but I'm going to compare it to something newer. And it's Houndmouth. Okay. I don't Houndmouth like it. Shane, yeah. Shane I mean, Bowes, I think his last name is, is there. I know his first name's Shane, their yeah. drummer. There's a song called "My Cousin Greg" and it's it's obviously <laughs> faster than the weight, but it yeah. just kind of it's story like like this. It's heavy drums. Everybody in the band can right, sing exactly. I just I love that band Houndmouth and I I think I even mentioned a couple weeks ago I feel like they're the new Americana. Like they they're just a newer yeah. version. Uh, you can never compare anyone to the band, but they sound a lot like them, and I enjoy them as much as I enjoy the band.
1: They're definitely on the Porch Rock family tree. Yeah. Absolutely. They, they've definitely played, gave Pappy
3: uh, a <laughs> visit every now and then. Uh <laughs> old... Oh, you know who else gave Pappy a visit was Credence. I mean, this is very, uh, very Credence. Um, you know, or it's very, Credence is very band. I mean, I think they're kind of contemporaries. right. Contemporaries. Yeah. And it's definitely like a Dylan storytelling song for sure.
1: Mm. Oh and yeah. then Well, they they were his electric band. Yeah. yeah.
3: And along those lines, I think just as a specific song, um, it's kind of like an American Pie, just the same kind of Americana stories, kind of memorable lines, shit like that. Oh, for sure. Yeah,
1: I agree with everything you guys say. I mean, I would say something like this is coming from like the Carter family and like old school Appalachian like songwriting and and, and singing and stuff like that. I would even say, like this, definitely influenced like Clapton and Harrison and some of their contemporaries moving forward into the seventies and the direction that they took. Willie Nelson's "Redheaded Stranger," mm-hmm. and, you know, this this reminds me of that. Would you call bit. Me? maybe more the album itself, <laughs>
3: <laughs> Billy Nelson?
1: <laughs> and then bands like you know that whole wave of like Uncle Tupelo and the Jayhawks, uh, specifically the song "Blue" by the Jayhawks, and just you know anything that came out of that mm. kind of. Okay, now we have this alt country movement. Alt country is basically just people who were influenced by the band, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, speaking of alt country, that always puts me in the mood uh, to slide under the covers. Ooh. And there's a lot of covers, so let's uh, let's hit them. Billy, why don't you let us know your favorite cover of the song? I think it's probably going to be all of our favorite.
0: Covers I know of the song, it probably is because I listen to a lot of covers and I've heard a lot of covers even, you know, before this week going into this, but like, it's funny how all of the covers, pretty much everybody plays it kind of like the band played it. Nobody puts too much extra oomph into it or even tries to make it their own, except for the one that I think, you know, we all love, which is the Aretha cover with Dwayne Allman. And that actually uh, went, was higher on the charts. Then the weight yeah, yeah, itself. Yeah, yeah. But I also, mean. the staple singer, uh, Little Feet and Bella Fleck have a good one. Diana Ross and the Supremes with the Temptations. Yeah. And they even just like, yeah. just straightforward, played it like it sounds, sang it like it sounds. But there was one that I really, really loved other than the, the Aretha one. And it was from, do you guys remember the TV show, My Name is Earl?
3: Oh, of course. It was about yes. my hometown.
0: So, there, really? Congrats. The head writer
3: went to uh, my hometown university.
0: So, My Name is Earl has an album, which I didn't know. And uh, Uncle Cracker does a cover of The Wait. Do you guys remember Uncle Cracker? Do you guys, I mean, I'm sure you do. Yes. Everybody knows Uncle Cracker. Um, so, I thought that was a. What was their famous song? Uh, there? You mean He? I mean, he did picture with Kid Rock. Oh yeah, sorry. He did when the sun goes down with <laughs> Kenny Chesney. You, if you want to know about Uncle Cracker, you just ask me. Okay, I'm part of the I'm part of the Crack Den is what we call ourselves. <laughs> not, That's, the not, no, That's the fan the, the Crack, crack den, den is the Uncle Cracker. Oh my god. Uh, uh, no, Good but Lord. definitely, you know, the best cover that I heard was uh, the Aretha with Dwayne Allman and. Dwayne Allman. Yeah. Apparently, I read that. So he plays slide guitar in it, and he didn't use an actual guitar slide. He used an empty
3: pill bottle. Yeah, Corson bottle. Oof. A Corson bottle. No um, kidding. He he always used that. I just don't think there were many just oh. slides. There wasn't a guitar center back then. You know. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he always used that those same bottles. He swore by them.
1: Did you also hear the Dwayne Allman, King Curtis instrumental version?
3: Um, Yeah, I've definitely heard it.
1: It, it, That's great, too. I I found the Little Feet and and Bella Fleck a little too busy for this song. Um, Like you said, Billy, Mm. I I just want to hear... This song is all about the lyric and the singer. And so, unless you have, you know, the band playing it... I listened to a live version of The Dead doing it in 91, where Jerry just seems like he's about to... Uh, that yeah, one was then,
3: good. Yeah. The one at Giant Stadium. oh
1: uh, man, the voices are not good. Well, Jerry's is good. My... Every,
3: like everyone takes a verse, and I thought Jerry's was the best.
1: Yeah, I thought he was struggling. I mean, look, um, I am, he sounded old. I am a—he sounded a
0: lot worse. <laughs> I'm a massive Dead fan, but if you're expecting good voices, come on, let's let's not be ridiculous,
1: <laughs> they, especially on li- especially on live yeah. versions. <laughs> I, and Eric Church does one where. And I, I don't mind Eric Church. Um, I, I kind of like him. It, it, it is not good. It's super cheesy. He has this, this, this woman, Joanna Cotton, come in and sing with him. And she's just like, Ugh! she tries to oh, do uh, Mavis Staples. And it's just terrible. And then the guitar, and then he's like, take one. And then the guitar player just butchers a solo. I'm like, oh my God, how could you release this on anything? It sucks.
3: And obviously, I listened to all the ones you did. Dwayne and Aretha is the best. I just love that.
1: Well basically she because this is such of a like a almost like a a hymn, like an old hymn, Mm -hmm. she basically does the gospel version of the song. Yeah,
3: Yeah. it's gospel, yeah, for sure. She puts some soul in Um, it.
0: She's the one that's like different from all the others, but it's Mm -hmm. but
3: it's not but it's still amazing. Billy, you said your dad was at Woodstock. He was and probably probably saw this. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have seen or watched the Woodstock performance. But holy shit!
1: Now, yeah, but by, by the band,
3: it sounds like the album. I mean, it sounds really. There's differences because it's live, but production-wise, it's a great video. And it's rare that you look back at Woodstock and there's this great sound. You can tell it's live. It's not like overdubbed or anything. And it's they're yeah. just fucking crushing it, man. It's amazing.
1: Uh, let's end this love fest, do uh, talking about how the shoes fit. So Billy, how does the shoe fit for you with the weight by the band?
0: Oh man. This is, I don't want to say Birkenstock, but I think I'm going to say a Birkenstock. This is I don't just, blame you. I don't blame this you. This is like, this is because just I'm thinking of Bob Weir because it's all he wears. Uh, but it's. Uh, uh, yeah thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, boom Thank you. Thank you very much. It can be low-key, you can wear a Birkenstock in your house, you can wear a Birkenstock out to lunch, you can wear it to the beach, you can wear it to the mall, you can wear it with Church, socks. desert. You, don't, you can wear a, Birkenstock, wear, wear a Birkenstock anywhere, and you can listen to this song, like you said, Neil, you were like, I don't even have a specific time. Like, put it on, I'm not going to turn it off. It's kind of like a Birkenstock. Yeah. Nice. And to
3: that like to it. that point, I'll listen to this song at any time. This is definitely not a sneaker song but I don't care what the shoe is. I mean, any it, it's it's any shoe, every shoe. Any shoe, anytime, any shoe is what you're saying. <laughs> but, <it laughs> but I think it must be accompanied by a beat-up jean jacket, whatever shoes you have on. Nice. <laughs> ah, I dig it. I'm going to give a little
1: side note before I say mine, because the last verse, catch a cannonball, take me on down the line, my bag is sinking low, I do, do believe it's time. If you're taking Fanny or Annie to be God, to get back to Miss Fanny, you know she's the only one who sent me here with her regards for everyone, right? That's the... The verse that really pops into like mm-hmm. this is Jesus and Fanny's God, so this song fits like a thin but sturdy pair of sandals that will hold up on a long journey back to dust.
0: Did you just describe a Birkenstock? Back to dust,
3: baby. <laughs> I he just went Mystic gospel. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> he had to pivot from bergen yeah, josh had
0: to be the annoying typical la guy and give us some stupid long drawn out thing just to say Birkenstock. i'm just kidding josh it was beautiful
1: <laughs> oh billy and you know what you know what else was beautiful your guest host appearances on this pod we really appreciate it billy griffin actor comedian good guy all around just a minch i had a blast thank you guys
0: so much you guys have done such a good job here and it's uh it's cool to uh for like a intermediate guitar player and someone who listens to a lot of music to hear you guys you know go into the specifics of some things is really cool because you hear that kind of stuff in documentaries and you're like oh god you know what what are they talking about so to sit here with you guys has been fun (laughs)
3: billy it's been a pleasure man thank you so much um hopefully we can keep doing it down the line um,
1: and on that note, Billy's acoustic solo version of. <laughs>
3: no, we're not gonna,
0: we're not gonna do
3: that to the people. The, the D version. <laughs> Kidding.
1: Um, we, on that note, our cover of the band's "The Wait. I
2: pulled into Nazareth was feeling about half past dead I just need to find a place where I can lay my head hey mister can you tell me where a man might find a bed he just grinned and shook my head Put the Lord right on me. Picked up my bag, went looking for a place to hide. When I saw Carmen and the devil walking side by side, I said, Hey Carmen, come on, let's go downtown. She said, I gotta go, but my friend can stick around. Take a load off, Annie. Take a load for free. Take a load off, Annie. And you put the load right on me. down miss moses ain't nothing that you can say it's just old luke and luke's waiting on the judgment day well luke my friend what about young annalee he said do me a favor son won't you stay keep annalee company take a look the Lord right on me well, crazy Chester followed me and he caught me in the fire he said I will fix you right if you take old Jack my doll. I said well, wait a minute Chester you know i huh, a peaceful man That's okay boy, won't you feed him when you can? Take a little... a cannonball now to take me on down the line My bag is singing low Put the Lord right on me.
1: The cover you just heard was performed by Josh Bond and Neil Marsh. Thanks for listening to Podgave Rock and Roll to you. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and rate on Apple, iTunes, and Spotify or wherever you listen. If you'd like to communicate with us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram under the handle at Podgave Rock. Or shoot us an email, uh, what at podgaverock.com. Next week is Neil's week. Uh, So, Neil, what will we
3: be discussing? We're going to take a listen to Don't Look Back in Anger by Oasis. Can't wait! (laughs)